Hello humans and welcome back to my podcast, Life Isn't Fair. Alright, so um, last night on Christmas, um, you're technically getting two episodes because last night it was I was recording until like 2 o'clock a.m. and I uploaded the podcast episode. So it was technically on the 26th, so I'm giving you a second additional episode. Alright, but um, I've... I, um, as you know, I've been switched over to the Republican Party for many reasons. I talk all about it in last episode, so if you didn't um, watch it, yep, it's season five, episode five of Life Isn't Fair. So, um, yeah, you'll see why I left the Democratic Party and why I'm now shifting towards the Republican Party. So, um, on the Daily Wire, it says, California has some of the strictest restrictions in the United States, yet COVID-19 is surging. So, I think California hit, like, 2 million cases in, um, yeah, I think yesterday I talked about it on the podcast. And they have, like, really strict limits on what you can do in California, but yet... It's at 2 million cases, which is kind of weird. So let's continue um, reading about it. So it says, It's almost as if lockdowns do nothing to stop the spread of coronavirus. California has some of the strictest na- strict some of the nation's strictest restrictions when it comes to COVID-19, yet is one of the one of the America's epicenters for the virus. Politico reported that the state has at at times instituted a complete ban on restaurant dining to travel quarantines and indoor gym and gym and closures politico um reported this hasn't been enough even though these measures have decimated california's economy while clearly doing little to stem the virus america's most populous state has become one of the most one of the nation's worst epicenters for the disease, setting new records for cases, hospitalizations, and deaths every single day. Things are bad in Southern California that some patients are being treated in hospital tents while doctors have begun discussing whether they need to ration care, the outlet reported. To date, California has two point. 2.06 million known confirmed cases of COVID-19 and 23,964 deaths in a population of 39.51 million. To put it, that in perspective, New York ha- has had 909,000 confirmed cases and 36,739 deaths, 24,889 deaths in New York City alone. In a population of 19.45 million, Florida, which has been under attack from the media for its handling of the pandemic, says because the state has a Republican governor who hasn't t- taken unconstitutional and extreme measures to lock down the state, has seen 1.25 million cases confirmed and 20,994 deaths in a population of 21.48 million. Politico reported that California's case rate, 100 new daily cases per 100,000 residents, is second only to Tennessee's, a state that hasn't done 
all the economy-killing restrictions to California. Tennessee, for example, doesn't mandate mask wearing, though most businesses require it anyway, and allows up to 10 people to gather indoors. California officials blame the residents for not following the crucial restrictions to the letter Politico reported. In Los Angeles, officials have said all along that people were gathering too often too often, they blame celebrations and postseason viewing parties when the Dodgers and Lakers won championships this this fall, the outlet reported. Some have blamed the strict rules themselves, saying that have that cooped up Californians couldn't um, take it any longer and decided they need to live their lives. Other have con- congregate con- congregate. Um, settings remain a severe concerning and house-constraining state, especially in low-income communities where residents live in tight quarters and must continue to work in person to survive. Later, Politico finally noted the arbitrary nature of California's restrictions, which has um, shuttered um, certain small businesses, but allowed Hollywood to resume filming. For example, as the Daily Wire previously reported, restaurant owner Ma- Angela Mar- Matt Marsden made a viral video that showed her outdoor um, dining area closed by Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, while 50 feet away from away, a, mu- a movie studio was allowed to set up an outdoor eating area. Garcetti responded to Marsden by ignoring the double standard she pointed out, instead of saying that the restrictions were necessary to stop the virus. Jot Condi, president and CEO of the California's Restaurants Association, told Politico that California's um, severe restrictions have decimated businesses while doing nothing to stop the virus. Nationally, there have been caladiscophic Discopic application of every imaginable type of lockdown ordered with California being most restrictive and inflicting the most devast- devastation on small businesses and the economically um, vulnerable workers. And still, we are we are none the better for as all as far as COVID is concerned. Condi said, told the outlet in a statement. In fact. L.A., where indoor and outdoor dining completely shut down, with indoor dining closed since Ju- since July, the virus rages on. California Democrats have insisted they they're following the science, yet there is no evidence to suggest that the lockdowns are working. So that's really that's all you really need to hear about that. Um, it's just showing that lockdowns don't work. It's not working. The, the stuff that we're doing doesn't work. We're doing mask mandates and stuff like that. And then we look at other places like Florida that get crapped all over because the governor doesn't want to do these crazy restrictions. And he doesn't want to do all this stuff. And Cal- And Florida is at a small rate of COVID-19. It's because he knows what he's doing. Okay. People are easier to listen when you don't tell people what to do. People rebel naturally. We rebel 
when we hear things like, oh, you need to stay home, you're going to stay home, and I'm going to make you stay home. That's when we, we're like, no, we're not going to listen to you. But when someone says, you can choose to stay home if you want to, that's when we actually see that we want to stay home and we want to slow the spread of COVID-19. So it's just, it's just showing that this doesn't work. What the Democratic Party is pushing out is not working. It it, it doesn't work. Okay, California, um, Michigan, Minnesota, places like that that are really high in cases. Florida is pretty low, and the governor gets crapped all over because he doesn't want to do what the Democrats are doing. And the Democratic Party wants you to surrender. The mainstream media wants you to surrender to them. He's not going to surrender. He's not going to surrender the constitutional rights to the citizens. He's not going to do that. He won't allow it to happen. That's That, to me, is a very brave thing to do something like that. So, let's move on. So now let's look at the election in um, Georgia. I have um, the polls right in right in my face. Um, no candidate in either of Georgia's Senate races won a majority of the vote on November 3rd, triggering a runoff for both seats, with the top two candidates in, in each race facing off. Control, control of the Senate now hinges on the outcome of these two races. So if... Um, if Warnock and John Ossoff win, then it'll be 50-50 between everyone. Everyone will have a 50-50, um, so that the Senate will be even and everyone can, it'll be way better. And 50-50 is not something that we see too often, and I would be very appreciative if we could see, um, a 50-50. But it looks like, um, I'm, I'm gonna go with, um, Senate... Georgia's regular Sunday election. Um, currently, Purdue is leading in the polls, but the polls are really tight between John Ossoff and Purdue. Um, Purdue has a slight advantage over John Ossoff right now, but if Purdue keeps going the way that he's going, John Ossoff will beat him. In the polls, he'll beat him. At the beginning, um, Purdue led by a good... Um, four point zero um mark in the polls and then the polls started getting tighter and tighter the closer the election got and then for a while um John Ossoff was in the lead and then Purdue just I don't know how but he got back on top. He he's not leading by a lot. He's currently leading by zero point five points ahead of John Ossoff. That's a tiny bit that Purdue is leading. And Possibly, um, John Ossoff can get back up there and get those polls back because January 5th is the pit stop for them. That's it. So, John Ossoff is going to need to step up his game in the polls, get the popular vote so that he can win the Senate in Georgia. And then, let's go over here to Warnock and Bloifler. So, in the beginning, Bloifler led with a um, 1.0 lead, and then... She was at a 0.8 lead upon uh, Warnock, and then the polls were uh, a little, he was leading by 0.1. And then we see this with John Ossoff also during the time of November 28th to like December 17th, 
both John Ossoff and Purdue were leading against their opponents. And Warnock was leading by a lot. And I guess when the debate was happening and stuff like that, people were changing their minds about who who they were voting for because uh, Lloyd Fleur at the debate kept saying, here is radical socialist Warnock. And people were questioning what's Warnock's standpoint on lots of things. And in reality, I think that Leufler won that debate. If you have to say that War- that Leufler was wearing an earpiece, most likely you know that you that you're ex- you're saying that you lost the debate. Just how in the election, Trump knows that he lost. According to the media, he lost, but he's trying to say that he he's he basically accepts that he lost, but he doesn't. Okay, that's so it, we see the same thing here. And Warnock is still um, keeping a pretty good lead. He's keeping a very small lead right now. He's not even leading by one point. So Leifler can come back and beat him in the polls. And both of th- the thing about Warnock and Leifler is that both of their polls are going down. So while right now, yeah, both of their polls are going down and they're continuing to go down. So um, I, I don't know. But... um. For a little while, John Ossoff was in the lead. If John Ossoff doesn't step up his game, then Purdue is going to steal his steal it right from him, and he's not going to be able to um he might not be able to get back on top ever again. And um, yeah, all eyes are on Georgia right now, and we mean that quite literally. All eyes are on Georgia. Everybody's looking at Georgia. Georgia will determine what what the Senate will look like, what the Senate will look like for Joe Biden, be, how much Joe Biden will be able to get done, how much Joe Biden will be able to do. He's leading in the House. He has the House. If he can get a tie in the Senate, then it'll be uh, better than having the Republicans leading in the Senate because right now, at this point, there's no way that Joe Biden will be able to um, get Democrats in the lead during his first two years as senator. But in 2022, we may see that he may have more of an advantage. He, he can do more of the, the things that he wants if the Democrats lead, okay? But um, that's that's it for um, the election right now. All eyes are on Georgia. January 5th, we'll get those results, and we'll see who won the election. And hopefully, although I'm not a Democrat, I think I think that we should have a 50-50, especially in the Senate, because they make bigger decisions and um, are a bigger body, and we should have both parties being able to um, do it. And I think that it should I think that it should be mandated that um, there's a 50-50 in the Senate because I I don't think that one party should lead because it's just not putting the other parties. It's easier for the other party that's leading to put their input in. In the House, Democrat Republicans can't do anything in the House because the House is just full of Democrats, full of socialists like Nancy Pelosi, full and it's no. <laughs> so that so that's the House right now. Um I find it very hard to believe that um Democrats will be able to win the House right now. But um there's a probability that um, 
yeah so that's basically um basically what's happening in uh the house the house is like yeah it's full of democrats so it's easier for democrats to um um it's easier for democrats to get their say so in the house because they're leading in the house and they can do more with the house than the Demo- that the than the republicans can do in the house and um i'm going to end this segment and let's move on so the the white house has issued some news about a bill announcement um i'm just reading this it was issued on december 22nd of 2020 so it's about budget and spending and it says on Tuesday, December 22nd, the president signed into law H.R. 1520, the, the Further Extension of Continuing uh, of Appropriations Act of 2021, which provides um, FISL gear for, for year 2021 appropriations to federal agencies through Monday, December 28th, 2020, for continuing um, projects and activities in federal government. So, um pretty pretty good all right but let's look at some national cons- uh, national security here so the last thing that we heard about national cons- um national security was on december um 18th 2020 at 4:43 p.m. eastern time south court auditorium Eisenhower Executive Office build, Building, the Vice President said, um, the Vice President basically gave a, gave a speech about, um, about the, um, about, um, Space Force's first birthday celebration, so that was nice of him to, nice of him to do that, um, the president gave a message on about Kwanzaa. Okay, so it's good that um our president is keeping up with things like this. It is not too um not too often that we see a president always be there for every single event to talk about it. So he said um the first lady and I send our best wishes to those to all those observing Kwanzaa. For many today marks the first day of their day and a week-long celebration of African culture and heritage. As families, friends, and communities light their canara over the next seven days, our nation honors the indelible contributions of African Americans to the strength and vitality of the United States. During this time, we send season's greetings to those celebrating and pray for the health, happiness, and unity of all Americans in the new year. Pretty good statement. Um, he's, he, it's a good statement. Making sure that um, he's keeping up. He's all he's good at keeping up with stuff like this. And um, again, it's it's good. Okay. <laughs> so there, <laughs> it's um. Pretty pretty good. What's happening right now? Um, we're seeing some nice things happen right now, and um, 
yeah. So I I guess there is nothing else for me to talk about. Um so I'm probably gonna head off of here and do something else. And I'm going to prepare for tomorrow's um podcast. I don't know what the podcast is gonna be about. It it could be anything tomorrow, so expect anything, alright, because I'm um gonna be I'm gonna try to upload every day now until the new year's. I hope a a nice season's greetings for all of you and that 2021 brings something better, something better than what we have right now and that we could walk away from socialism because it's hurting our economy, it's hurting the American people, it's not doing anything for them. Um, Credit to the Daily Wire, credit to whitehouse.gov. I'm going to link all this stuff in the description of today's podcast episode and i'm going to be uploading more consistently and i will see you all later i see you all tomorrow all right